hello and welcome back to the Future in Finance podcast where every week we help you get through your CMAP studies without once banging your head against a desk or throwing your textbook outside of whatever floor of apartment building you live on. I'm Charlotte, this is Maria. Hiya. And we have basically made it our mission and it is now our jobs to help you guys get qualified. So if you've not heard of us before, the way that this works roughly is every week we pick a different topic of the textbook and we walk you through it, yep. help you get the basics. It's not a full in-depth guide. You can get those, but you just can't get them here. We're just here to make this a little bit more fun, to help switch up your learning and then to tell you about the different ways that we can also help you with your CMAP studies. Uh, so if you didn't know, I run fast track courses. I like to call it a masterclass. It's a five day course where you sit with me in a really small group environment and you can get everything that you could possibly need to get CMAP qualified in five days. So you would do a CMAP one masterclass, that's five days, and then do a CMAP two and three masterclass, which is another five days. Or I do e-learning platforms. So if the idea of having to take five days off work kills you because you don't want to do it and study, first of all, I feel you. Second, that's why the e-learning platform exists. So I built something where you can go on and you can watch video tutorials, you can listen to audio files, Fox needs to. <laughs> if you are listening to this on some sort of podcast platform, you won't be able to hear uh, the snoring dog in the background. If you tune into the YouTube channel, you'll be able to see the snoring dog in the background. Uh, so apologies, it got thrown completely off guard. But as well as the audio files, the video files, we also have an exclusive ebook and an exam style platform where you can go through questions that are kind of like the questions in the exam to get you in the best possible position to pass your exam. The reviews are outstanding. Have a look at them yourself. Go to futureinfinance.co.uk or find them on Instagram or TikTok or literally wherever you came across us, you will be able to find more information on it. Yeah. But this week, we are covering topic 23, which is anti-money laundering. Ooh. I find this one a little bit sexy. Maybe sexy is the wrong yeah, word to Yeah, that's use. a bold claim. But I really like this one because I know, you know, I flip-flop between like, this one is dull, this one's okay. I really like talking about anti-money laundering. I mean, I'm I'm excited then. Oh, and actually, I didn't really introduce Maria. Hi. Sorry, the money muggle. No fucking idea when it comes to finances. She's just here for the ride. So she <laughs> gets much. to ask me questions to help you guys better understand stuff because I do this every day. This is my job. And sometimes I get a little bit carried away and I make references to things that no reasonable person would be expected to know what they are. It's just because I eat, yeah. sleep and breathe. CMAP. So I'm just here to keep you grounded in the reality that not everybody is a financial wizard. And some of us don't understand credit scores and credit reports and all of that fancy stuff. So I'm literally here to ask the dumb questions so you guys don't have to. No, there's no such thing as a stupid question, Maria. That is like teaching 101. Challenge accepted. This is why Maria doesn't do deliver the courses for exactly that reason. <laughs> yeah, I tell you it was a stupid question because there are stupid questions. They do exist. Speaking of stupid questions, Maria, what's money laundering? I feel like we've done this before and I told you it was when you put your money in a washing machine and you said no. So about that dumb questions thing. Yeah, there's dumb questions or dumb answers that... Ouch. Yeah. Uh, just to confirm, money laundering is not when you put your money in a washing machine. Can I try again? You can, but fun fact first, did you know that Australian money feels different because they made it waterproof? So you know how if you've got a tenner in your back pocket and you wade into the sea? Yeah. 
in Australia is totally fine because obviously everybody in Australia just catches a wave, dude. <laughs> it's the same here now. The new money is waterproof. Is that why it feels Bro, different? yeah. And that was why there was that whole stink about it containing it not supposedly, and I think this was corrected, uh, there was that myth, like, you know, that one that we sent around without the aid of the internet that what's-his-name had his rib removed so he could reach his bits and stuff. <laughs> um, we managed to spread that rumour around the entire country with no internet or mobile phones in our youth. Um, whereas now you just tweet something and it goes around. Anyway, segue. There was that rumour that it had, I don't know if it was tallow or some kind of animal derivative so it wasn't vegan when they changed to the new money. So it's waterproof, but then apparently there was all this kickback because it wasn't vegan and and the vegan community were quite upset that their money wasn't vegan. But I think it's been corrected. Either it was an, either it was incorrect and it was just a horrid, vicious rumor. Or they fixed it. Or they fixed it. So, but yeah, our money is now waterproof, not because of the wave situation, but because we're morons and we wash our money. Yeah, okay, that's fair enough. Complete segue, let's go back to where we were. Money laundering. Money laundering. You know what it is. Um, It's where you... And I only know this from watching Ozark. Um, when he, you have a lot of money that you got from doing bad things, like selling drugs, um, and you put it into legitimate businesses so it comes out clean. So basically it looks like you've not done any of the bad things. And it's like, I actually own 17 laundrettes, but only one of them functions as a laundrette. The rest of money fronts because they're cutting cocaine in the back. Well done. I've watched way too much. That is a well good <laughs> example. I had a student on one of my masterclasses recently who worked in the money laundering part of the bank that they worked for. And he said that car washes were a real <gasps> big money laundering front and also oh. antique dealers. But if you think about it, or art traders, because... That makes a lot of sense. I have an 18-month-old, and if she draws a picture of a stick man, Maria will just go, oh, Hannah, that's nice, and then proceed to put it in the recycling pile. Yep. To me, it could be worthless. I might pay Maria worthless. 400... Priceless. Priceless. Jesus. <laughs> priceless. <clears throat> Hannah, priceless. Your priceless. art is always priceless <laughs> if you ever listen to this. Um <laughs> priceless and that is why because who can put a price on artwork it could just be a photocopy of my thumb and i could put a price on that and say it's ten thousand pounds really good way to launder money get money into the system legitimately or legitimate okay yeah so basically if you have a huge amount of cash from an illegal enterprise because criminal activity is generally they deal with cash because you don't want a trace of it Mm -hmm. so you know, if you have shitloads of money, you don't want to be dropping it, walking into a Bentley dealership and purchasing a brand new Bentley because that's going to be like, well, how can you afford a Bentley with cash? That much cash. So you need to put it into something legitimate so that you can have it transferred into, say, a bank account. So you can put it into savings. So you can have a pension fund. So you can have a life insurance policy for your wife and your kids who have no idea that you deal cocaine on the side. Exactly. So that's what money laundering is. Hopefully you will all have a much better understanding of it. One thing, though, that is really important to talk about, it's like a sidebar to money laundering, Mm. is preventing financial exclusion, which we haven't really spoken about. So a lot of the money laundering measures, they say, okay, you have to do loads of ID checks. So let's use a mortgage as an example. If you were up to apply for a mortgage tomorrow, they would need to see bank statements. They would need to see pay slips. They would need to see exactly where your deposit has come from. Mm -hmm. If you've just had someone drop 70 grand into your bank account yesterday for a deposit on a house... 
it's going to raise some red flags. Where's that money come from? Why is it there? Who's giving it to you? So, for yeah. Um, interesting fact, if your parents ever want to give you a deposit for a house, lucky you, you need to, before any money is transferred, you need to clear it with the lender that you're going to get the mortgage with because some of them, one won't accept it, others will ask for specific things, but never move that money first is the guidance that you get from mortgage advisors. It's the trouble I had. I had a family member transfer me some money so I could pay a portion of our rent up front because I said to our tenancy agency, we've got dogs will it ease your mind like a lot of us dog owners know you know if you rent renters are less inclined um and so i said if i pay a portion of the rent up front and they were like yeah that's fine my dad had offered to assist us and then there was that where's this money come from and i was like well my dad and they were like well it's not yours it's come from elsewhere and then there was this big oh my god it looks you know because i've just had this huge amount of money more money than i'd ever seen in my life go into my bank account and i was like this seems fine because my dad is literally retired nope yeah not okay yep and that's why so there's an argument that says okay so if you were to apply for a bank account let's use a really basic example you need a passport a driver's license a utility bill what happens if you don't have those things so if you've never been abroad, if you can't reasonably afford to drive, so why bother paying for a provisional license, and you still live with your parents, so you don't have any utility bills in your name, you also don't work, so you don't have a phone contract in your name, are you being prevented, are you being excluded from financial services? The argument is yes. So that's one thing it's always really important to be aware of. We don't talk about it much in CMAP, but I personally think it's a really, really important topic. It's something to bear in mind, especially if you're going into this industry, because most of you are sitting this exam to go into this industry and you have to be aware of it. Exactly. But I'm going to loop back around to the textbook. Yeah. I want to talk to you about two different departments. Exciting. The Financial Action Task Force. The Financial Avengers. And the National Crime Agency. Oh, they're the Financial Avengers. So it is really important for the purposes of your exam that you understand the difference between the two. And I even get them confused, which is why I'm going to look at my notes. The National Crime Agency are the Financial Avengers. Are the Avengers Marvel? Yes. So the other guys are DC. I'm confused. DC and Marvel, aren't they the two comic book people? Yeah. Yeah, so Financial Avengers and Marvel, and then the other guys, or whoever DC's action hero selection are. Okay, but... Oh God, this is where you tell me they're two parts of one... No, 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 they're not. So the National Crime Agency are the guys on the front line. They are the guys in the bulletproof vests that work with law enforcement and smash down people's doors and then take their shirts off at the end of the scene. Ooh. The Financial Action Task Force is a policy-making body. They are the guys behind the desk. Oh, okay, so James Bond and Q. The way that I remember it is the Financial Action Task Force is shortened to FATF in the textbook. <laughs> and I always think, okay, if you're sat behind a desk, you're, you're more likely to be FATF than the, <laughs> than the guys. That's probably slightly more helpful. On the front line, so that might help, but it's really important to know the Financial Action Task Force are the policy-making body, they produce annual reports to say, hey, businesses, these are the trends that we've seen. This is what we think you should implement going forward, or this is what we've seen, and this is what we would recommend. The National Crime Agency are the frontline coppers. Okay, Cool with those two so so far. So one is policy-maker, one is policy-enforcer. Exactly. Essentially. So the way that money laundering is, like, to loop it back round to financial services... 
every business has a responsibility to put anti-money laundering measures in place. Mm -hmm. And it is seen as the responsibility of the senior managers to make sure that that is happening. So whilst it is not the senior manager's job to personally deliver training to staff, they have to make sure that staff are trained. However, there is one particular role that this that is responsible for this and they are known as that money laundering reporting officer always shortened down to the mlro i was just checking i got that the right way around okay yeah the money laundering reporting officer will be somebody that works in a company and they will be of appropriate seniority so they will probably be a head of a department okay so we had one when we worked in the call center I can't remember what he was called. He's a really nice guy, though. I used to work in the office with him. can't remember what he's called. Name, drawing a blank. But he was the money laundering reporting officer. He had another job to do with acquisitions, I think. Basically, if somebody suspected money laundering was going on in the business, you could write an anonymous email into that inbox and it would be their job... To check it out. To check it out and decide whether or not it needs to be reported to the National Crime Agency. That's quite a big role. It's also their job to have a look at the findings from the Financial Action Task Force reports and go, okay, how do I, how do we change our business to reflect those findings? Okay. It would not be his job to investigate money laundering. He would pass it on to the... But he just flags it and goes, is this, you know, it's a legitimate yeah. or not? And then... It would also not be his job to deliver money laundering training or anti-money laundering training out to staff. There's probably a training department. Like when we worked at Ashura, there was a full training team. So he needs to make yeah. sure it happens, but it's not his personal job or her personal job to make sure that it happens. Yeah. And it's really important to remember that a money laundering reporting officer, it will be probably a senior manager somewhere along the line and they have a responsibility to do stuff. But a lot of that responsibility, whilst it sits with them, they will assign other departments to do it does that make sense yes perfect there's a bunch of different crimes when it comes to money laundering that we need to know about and i'm going to go through handy ways that i remember these because these are well common exam questions everybody messages me and there's like hey i got the question of what's the prison sentence for bribery i got the question for what's the prison sentence for okay tipping off. so you need to know these so there are five maybe different types of crimes that you can be Committed, convicted. convicted of. So the first one is um, concealing criminal property. You've got okay. arranging criminal property. Right. And you've got acquiring, using, or possessing criminal property. For the purposes of this, criminal property doesn't just have to be a house. Money. Property can be anything tangible or intangible it can be money it can be cars it can be deeds to houses it can be yeah it can literally be anything that has a monetary value so don't look at criminal property and go oh houses it's not always houses Uh, you can also be convicted of something called tipping off tipping off is quite a common one that they snitching yeah well the opposite of snitching isn't it the opposite of snitching so let's say we work together you are laundering involved somehow in laundering money yep and I was like, psst, pal, just so you know, they're on to you. Wing, wing, nudge, nudge. The feds. That would be tipping off. Okay. The way that I remember the prison sentence for tipping off is when we worked in the call center, we used to have those bays of desks. And if anybody's worked in this kind of environment, you'll know what I mean. You have bays of desks and you have like boards in front of you so that you can't see the light of day and get inspired to do anything else other than work in that call center. If you want to chat to your mate who sits at a different bay, you have to stand up. And then you get in trouble for standing up because it's like prison. So <laughs> yep. tipping off, the idea is 
I'm re- I think of the idea of standing up at the Bay of Desks and waving to Maria with one hand to let her know, just to let you know they're on to you're you, in pal. trouble. I have five fingers on that hand. It's five years. Five years in prison. That's a good one. Now, I found that these really help with people who are dyslexic. I'm dyslexic. Some people look at me and go, Charlotte, what the fuck? And if that if that's you, that is absolutely fine. But I'm going to go through a few of them with you now. <clears throat> so tipping off, we've got five years. Tip off five years, wave. Bribery is the next one. Yeah. Bribery is a 10-year prison sentence. Maria, what's bribery? Um, When you pay someone to generally keep a secret or do something. Mm-hmm. So if I was going to bribe you to do something, I need to give you probably money right yeah i imagine like a big bag of cash like a big bag of cash that i need two hands to hold to pass to you and because you got two hands most people on two of their hands have 10 fingers it's 10 years in prison hopefully that one will help and then the last one that we're going to cover is the prison sentence for sorry i got carried away with myself then um acquiring using or possessing any of the proceeds of money laundering right it has three different words in there and in the textbook and in your exam wow i don't know what's happened you will always it will always be phrased to you as those three separate words acquiring using or possessing i think i'm better (laughs) just getting over that sorry guys um therefore it is the highest prison sentence for any of the convictions it's 14 years I can't think of a handy way because nobody's got 14 fingers and toes, but it's 14 years. That's what we need to know. Okay, so 5, 10, and 14. Exactly. So the key points really for anti-money laundering, one, first of all, is don't do it. And I know that sounds really obvious, but there will be instances where you spot things working in financial services and you think, is that legit? Always flag it. Always do the right thing. Yeah. Don't be tempted to get involved in something that you... That just feels icky. Because if it feels icky, it is. And if you're not sure, flag it. Yeah. You're never going to get in trouble. Exactly. You are protected as an employee if you were to flag something. Even if you just suspect it, you would still always be protected. At the end of the day, the buck will stop with you and they will know. Because it will get found out eventually. It might be years later. Mm -hmm. But there are records of everything now. Everywhere. All the time. Biometrics, cameras, logins, key strokes, you name it, they've got a record of it. You're not going to get away with it. You will never get away with it, so just don't do it. But that's it. That's pretty much everything for money laundering. I have not said this already. It's not a comprehensive guide. Please do your own studies. Please make sure that you are fully prepared before you sit your CMAP exam or want to give financial advice. But that's all from us for this week. Thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you. Don't forget to go over to the website, which is futureinfinance.co.uk. Don't forget to subscribe to the website. Like us on Instagram, TikTok, 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 TikTok. I do a monthly free webinar. I've got a WhatsApp community that is absolutely banging and it's full, filled with the best people. You can book on a course. You can buy an e-learning platform. You can do so much that we can help with. So, And if there is anything that you want to ask directly or have a question about this episode or anything else, drop a comment or contact us on any of the social medias i say us you me um, you'll always get a voice note back as well because yeah. who has time to text these days but speaking of time that is us completely out of time for this week so thanks so much for tuning in please hit like give us a five star review subscribe and we will catch you next week cute outro music <laughs>